vibrate or whatever. As long as there's no noise. You're a mom, it's so silent. I understand. Yeah, I just want to be able to notice if I get a text message, but it's, it's silenced. <laughs> um. Do you want to know why I drink White Claws? This is back onto the boob. It's it's relevant. Oh, I okay. Go on. Sorry. So. <laughs> oh it's, yes. It's back to the boobs. Yes. Um. And believe me, I'm very fascinated by breasts. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to hear all about them. I find myself talking about my tits so much now because I breastfeed. Like before that, like I was almost like shy about my boobs, but like now I'm just like I don't care. I'm never in my tits. Um, <laughs> When I started, after I gave birth and started, was breastfeeding for a while and I wanted to start, like, drinking again, you can get these, like, breast milk tests to, like, test if the alcohol is, um... I didn't know they had tests. Yeah, it's like a little strip. You, like, a little bit and just... So, I did it this... makes that noise and everything? It, or it, you just add the sound effects when you do it? Of course I add the sound effects. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I, <laughs> I spent a few days. You make a test like noise, like. I spent a few days making doing this test. So like one day, I drank a white claw, and then an hour later, I tested my milk. Didn't register. The next day, I drank two white claws, tested my breast milk. After an hour, doesn't After it take two? Well. You mean if I have two white claws, I would have to wait two no, hours? No, no, no. I think I, I thought you ingest alcohol and it it takes two hours to hit. Maybe it's forty minutes. I don't. I remember. think it's an. I did an hour. All right. I I did I, I did my. I mean, I googled stuff on like the correct time, like when, you know, like. I'm homeschooled. What do I know? <laughs> I, I mean, is Google right? Who knows? But I went by this logic, right? So okay, okay. it takes. About an hour before breast milk would start having the alcohol in it after you have your drink, right? Oh. So that's what I was waiting for, right? Because it actually works the same as your bloodstream. Yeah. Like, if it's a, if it's readable in your blood, it's readable in your in your. Taste. So it takes about two, hour, two hours for the alcohol to hit your bloodstream is what you're trying to get at. Right. Got it. So if you, if you breastfeed before you drink... Or if you breastfeed, if I if I hit two shots of whiskey real quick and you got two Arlo, hours, I'm fine for an hour. Oh, okay. Or I would I never gave it a half hour. I'm fine. But then like after that, I'd have to wait three to four hours before I could do it again for it to kind of be like flushed mi- out. Flu- not flu- It's not completely flushed out, but enough that it's like smaller than the amount of alcohol that's in bitters, right? Sure. Anyhow, so I I did this test, right? So one day. Chugged a White Claw, an hour later, tested nothing. Day two, chugged two White And I would chug them both so that all of the alcohol would be in my system at the same time. And I would, like, an hour, it would still be my new hero right now. Right? Go on. What'd you say? You're my new hero right now. This is amazing. Okay. And then I tested it, did not read anything. Day three, three White Claws finally showed up. So I knew I could have three White Claws. And not have to worry or think twice about breastfeeding my son at any point. Because I knew still that was, like, smaller than the amount of, like, bitters. Sure. You know what I mean? So I, like, for, like, 
a year, I was like, three White Claws, I'm good. I wouldn't always have three White Claws. Sometimes I'd have one White Which Claw. Which is more consideration than probably a lot of our mothers... Yeah, so like I put in because I'm sure my mom was drinking while she was breastfeeding me. Sure, I mean a lot of moms do. It's actually not. It doesn't go into your breast milk as much as most people think it does, and it's like frowned upon because, of course, everything a mother does is frowned upon. Yeah, how are we supposed to control you if we don't frown upon things or discourage them? Right. It's all about manipulation control. Right, right. And I should be drinking so that I'm happy while I'm cooking you dinner. Right. Yeah. You know. Or the very least drunk enough to be submissive. Sure, sure. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. There's, there's certain words that make me uncomfortable. Is submissive to one of them? Submissive is, I don't like that word. It's when not referred, a, When we're referring to women. I don't like that word when it's referred to a dog. Yeah, and then like, and then possession is another one. Yeah, those are two ugly, yucky words. But yeah, three white claws. And I got so used to drinking White Claws that that's almost all I drink now. <laughs> that's my story. Yeah. Bye. And podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good night, everybody. We figured it out. The three White Claw rule. <laughs> so how, how long does it take you to drink the three White Claws? It depends on the day. I could drink them all real quick or I could drink them all real slow throughout the night. If I want to catch a good buzz, I'll chug them real quick. You know what I mean? Drink yeah. those three white claws. And then I, and also like, then I like, whatever, get it out of the way, catch a buzz. And then like in a couple hours, I'm like not buzzed anymore, but like, I don't need to be buzzed anymore because it's time for bed. Right. So it's like chug three white claws, breastfeed, put the kid to bed, feel the buzz and then pass out yourself. Sure. Not a bad system. Yeah. Or... There's more options available. Or don't worry about it all because I can have the three white claws, whether he's awake or not, you know, because mm. I can nurse him no matter what because he's not really going to like, it's not going to like pass through enough for it to matter. Does he wake up often like in the middle of the night to breastfeed? He did. Oh, God. Yeah, he did. Not. Oh, I'm sure when he was an infant, but now. Oh, like, no. Like we, we went farther than that. With, like, him waking up in the night. Like, shame. I don't know. You know what? Also, I'm actually not ashamed of it. Fuck it. Like, he is a sensitive person who wanted nurture in the night, and he would wake up, and I gave it to him. But, like, yeah, for a long time, he was waking up all the fucking time in the night just to, like, look for me or, like, reach out for me. And, uh... It's kind of cute. It's, it's the best. I actually, like, still just don't wear a shirt to bed because if he wakes up and, like, he's scared or whatever... He'll just kind of come over and like, like, like puppy, puppy his way to my, my nipple. <laughs> so you're, t- you're talking about a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, we can be done talking about my tits now, I guess. I mean, by all means, I'm not going to tit shame here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but like we really have been talking about my boobs for for a minute. I didn't even ask. That's the that's the wildest part for me. <laughs> that is honestly that is the craziest part for me. I am a boob man for sure through and through. But like I was unprompted. Let yeah. the record show unprompted. Yeah, I do This is a new this is a whole new area for me. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I do t- I do talk about breastfeeding a lot because it's a huge part of 
who I am right now. Yeah, you brought it up as if I should be worried Yeah, that it's still going on. And I'm like, you have no idea how little I understand when yeah. it comes to children. Yeah. I don't have A them. lot of people have that reaction, though. Everyone's like, mm, how old is he again? Oh, he's almost three, and you're still you're still nursing. Oh, that's a problem in society today, though. Like everyone thinks that their opinion or their um, their feelings on things are valid because we've created a culture where your feelings and your opinion can be displayed for other people to affirm those or deconfirm those things. There is nothing more annoying than an unsolicited opinion. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, I, I, I was but trying those to, glasses. I was trying to think so, something when, else. When, how, how long have you had those glasses? They're a little dark, don't you think? It's like, oh, you, you're going to reach in for the cake? Isn't there a lot of calories in cake? Haven't you a lot already of calories? Have you already had peas? Pretty sure there's a lot of calories in those in that cake. It sounds like my mother. It sounds like something my mother would say. Aw. You know what my mom says? Yo, I will fucking fuck up some calories, though. Yeah. I, dr- I ate nine pierogies the other day. Oh, my God. Nine! That's it? That's eight? I could do a dozen easy. Come on. Easily nine. do a dozen. Don't say that's it to nine. That's not a lot. What kind of, what, what brand? That's not a lot? No, what brand? Like the, the frozen ones that you get. Like the Mrs. T's? Well, the Aldi version. I'm poor, so I'm not getting the name brands, honey. Come on. <laughs> you could have just. You could have just said yes. No one's auditing your purchases. <laughs> I like to remind everyone that I'm poor. It's my favorite thing. Like, but I'm like poor. I'm a single mom. I'm poor. You you like to mention two things. I'm poor and, and I my got tits. <laughs> yeah. Who breastfeeds? Also, like, it is the first time in my life I had boobs. So, like, can I talk about them for a couple of years? God, cut me some slack, Jeremy. You didn't have boobs before. Oh, I, I was shaped like a twelve-year-old boy. Ugh. I was. I would never weigh more than like a hundred. There's got to be a better description. It's got to be, for Christ's sake. I was shaped like a twelve-year-old boy. Oh, you go double down. I because I stand firmly with that description of my body. It says too much about the people you've been with. <laughs> sure. I think it's sure. more of a poor reflection on them than the statement itself. Maybe. Okay. I I don't know. All right. Well, congratulations on the not being shaped that way anymore. I was twelve-year-old boy. Why? Like skinny, like like you know, small, dinky, flat. Nothing. No. No woman curves. Nothing. It was always very skinny, small. You know. Yeah, I mean, from what that's I remember, what I mean by twelve-year-old boy. Not that I looked like a twelve-year-old boy. I always looked like a a lady. Well, I, ladies, kind of. I always looked like a female. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, congratulations on having boobs to talk about now. Uh, wh- yeah. Don't yo celebrity Jeopardy though. What do you mean by celebrity Jeopardy? There's a new season of Celebrity Jeopardy hosted by that one chick who's Blossom. 
Oh, really? And it's cool because I watch it and I think that I'm smart because I can like <laughs> answer the questions because like they're like. You wear them with your glasses. <laughs> you watch with your glasses on so that way you think you're smart. <laughs> no, they're like easier questions. Oh, easier. Because they're for celebrities and celebrities are stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. They're very dumb. But I watch it and I think that I'm like, like I know these answers. It's a good show. I like it. All right. We can get rolling here. Let's do it. Welcome to Not Weird, Just Homeschooled with your host, Jeremy Demery. And I am here with my very good friend who I've known for 14-something years, uh, Taryn Nelson. We work together at a restaurant, which will not be named because they don't pay for advertising on this podcast. And uh, even though the owner and I are still good buddies, <laughs> we still talk here and there. He's a good man, and he, he kept me employed even though I was... You didn't deserve it. I yeah. did not deserve it. I got away with too much at that place. Didn't we all, though? There's enough people that will know who you're talking about anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And or what you're talking about. Yeah. Let's just say it was a grilled cheese place that had large portions. Yeah, and it rhymes with... Schmelt. Schmelt. <laughs> Schmelt. Schmelt. Uh Yeah, Tara Nelson's here. Yay! My good buddy. We've been chatting it up quite a bit. Mostly her... Talk about her breasts, <laughs> which again, we're going to bring it up again. I'm going to say this one more time because I, now that I feel like I'm going to edit everything else before I unprompted, unprompted for me, which sure. is a whole new normal. True. I didn't even have to like, to pivot. be clear, I was, I was referring to like breastfeeding my son. I was like, kind of like over TMI explaining my breastfeeding. Which journey. is also another weird pivot of me of having to realize that, like, oh, there's other uses for those things. <laughs> oh, yeah, these things give life. <laughs> yeah. They're not just there for my amusement. <laughs> yeah, as a whole, That's like, probably where it starts, huh? You think? I don't know. Maybe, right? I don't know. Were you breastfed? I don't, I have no idea, honestly. Okay. Uh, th my parents and Here I have... we are talking about tits again. <laughs> yeah. My parents and I have what I like to call some healthy boundaries. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. We're not going to bring up too much. And even when things get a little, they cross the line, I put them in check. I go, hey, cut that out. And then like a week or two later, they've forgotten all about it. They'll bring it up again. Yeah. And the whole cycle continues Sounds on and on and on. A tale as old as time. Yeah. So... You and I grew up in different circumstances in the same town. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I guess you didn't. Where did I you mean, grow up yeah. before Parma Heights? Cleveland. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah you've, you've grown up around Cleveland. Where be like whereabouts in Cleveland uh, before you guys Riverside, moved to the Heights? You know where Riverside, uh, that cemetery is there. Riverside, ri the Riverside and Pearl Road, West Twenty Fifth. Oh, uh, just you know a little bit. Um, down the road from like Ohio City. Yeah, yeah, that's actually not far from where I live now. Yeah, which is funny that I like. So when we first went to go buy, or like we're looking at this house, it's like, oh boy, it's a great house, but like it's a little too close to Parma for my liking. Sure. And uh, we we ended up going for it. That was my only stipulation. I loved. I love. Like I liked the house. I did, and like. Now that we live there, I'm like, I fucking love this place. This is great. I like living over there. 
And you know what? It's not Parma. It's not Parma. And I rarely have to go to Parma for any reason. Why do you have to ever go? Like, I go on the very border there. That's as close as I get. I get on the border, and then I'm back north. (laughs) Like, getting the fuck out of... As fast as you can. Yeah. My tail behind me. And like, uh, or between my legs. Is that... I I fucked up that phrase. Just make it up. It's all I I know. It's all I know how to do these days. Uh, Yeah, so I was worried about it being so close to Parma, but yeah. And I'm like 15 minutes from anywhere I need to be. Yeah, there's Which is two amazing. highways really close to that spot. Yeah, 480 and 71 are right there. And being a sa- beer salesman, like having to be in different territories all the time, like it's made my life so easy just living in that like little area there. Then get on the highways real quick mm-hmm. and get to the east side, west side, where you ever need to be. Pew, pew, pew. I'm there. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. I may add sound effects. And lasers coming out of our hands. Yeah. <laughs> and po- I'll get it in post. Whoa, 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 hey. All right. So how many how many siblings do you have? Four. Five of us total. Um, yeah. And you're what, what in that? So I'm the second youngest. My two oldest siblings... Went to Cleveland Public School their whole, um, like, schooling career. And then my brother, who's third, did his whole high school in Parma. Elementary and junior high was Cleveland. And then for me, I was elementary, Cleveland Public, and then junior high in high school. Um, In Parma Heights or the Parma? Valley Forge. Uh, Greenbrier, Greenbrier is the junior high, yeah. It's weird that I would remember. I didn't even go there. <laughs> well, that's because, like, don't you have, you have family in Parma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousins, my Chris, cousins. Chris, what's his nuts? Kucherak. Uh, <laughs> Kucherak, It's yeah. Mr. Nuts. Mr. Chris, yeah, Mr. What's his nuts. Mr. What's his nuts. Yeah. yeah. Junior high and high school. I went to it with that one. What a dream boat. He was a, he was a looker. What a dream boat. He was a, a popular guy. He was. That was the gangly, awkward cousin he'd bring around. That was homeschooled. Like, yeah, and like, he'd be like, hi everybody. I had to bring my cousin if I was allowed to go to the mall. And like, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I had you know the I still have bad vision, but like, this is this is back when we didn't have corrective lenses. So this eyeball was bonkers, like just gargantuan huge. Not to be a dick, I noticed that. When, right now? That your one lens is wilder than the other. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. So it's like. No, uh, I'm uh, the same uh, way. It's not as as gnarly as yours, but I'm the same way. I didn't notice it on yours. One of mine, mine isn't as wild, but like one of mine is like crazy compared to the other. And if I don't wear my glasses out in real life, my vision just constantly goes in and out because it's trying to like find itself. Yeah. Because, yeah, because both eyes are so wild. He's like me. Did you have a lazy eye? Yeah. Me? Hell yeah. Oh, lazy eyes. Lazy eye club. Did you have to wear a patch? I did. Me too. What was your excuse when you got bullied for it? I have a lazy eye. <laughs> wow. That's actually, a surprisingly normal answer that I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting something wild to come out, and you're like, nope, lazy eye. I have a lazy eye. Mine was, uh, I, my parents are pirates, and I'm a pirate in training. Aw. That was that's my so sweet. That's little, actually, the band-aid, you know what I mean? Because you were 
<laughs> yeah. Sweet. That's sweet. How old were you when you had to you got to stop? Oh, really? You yeah. got out. You got out early. Kindergarten. You got it out. You got it done early. I was wearing mine till I was like eight. No shit. If not, how many years older. are you talking though? Uh, I think I started wearing it when I was like three or four. Holy shit. Jeremy, that's like a... I'm, I had to wear it for a long time. No, mine was a year tops. Mine was a quick thing. Yeah, mine was lazy I mean, for some I time. I mean, I still have a lazy eye. Like, like when I go to an exam, they're like, oh, you got a lazy eye. So you're wandering <laughs> a little bit. That's like, why I'm always like, why is she looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when they're testing, like you if you cover up your eye, yeah, it'll wander, and you pull it back. If it moves back, you can see that like you have a lazy eye. Yeah, like, they whatever. <laughs> I know how it works. I have one. <laughs> no, no one will hear. That's the best part about doing podcasts is that like you don't know how much to give to the camera and how much to give to the podcast vocally. So it's like. It's funny to watch people try and figure out that balance between the two. I always generally like shy towards the continue talking. No dead air. Yeah. You know what I mean? No dead air. But yeah, that was my excuse was I, my parents are pirates and I'm a pirate in training. And I think kids just felt sorry for me. So they just left me alone. They're like, oh, he thinks he's a fucking pirate. Oh, wow. This kid's. Oh, I can't beat up this kitty. He might be a little retarded. <laughs> you can't say that. I can say that then, though. Okay. They, I didn't even say it. I didn't even say it. They said that to sure. me. Okay, that's like that's like using the N word. But I'm rapping. Or no, he he said that to me. <laughs> but I'm rapping though. <laughs> it's fine if as long as your windows are rolled up. That's what I've been told. <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> I have it on good authority. The thing that's hard though is like. The word retard is like a very useful word in a lot of other areas of life. Music. Mm-hmm. Um, just like and other examples that I don't <laughs> know right now. But we stopped at music. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, you can't use the R word. Well, I did. I'm not gonna bleep it. I know no shame. What a I'm trying to get that right winger money. <laughs> That's where it's at. That's where the money's at. You liberals, you guys talk a lot, but you guys have no money to spend. So, sure, sure, sure. sure. Is yeah. my, as long, I'm, I'll be that right wing podcast. I love that he uses the R word. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Speak your truth. Fucking retard. <laughs> oh, it's contagious. <laughs> Unlike the actual affliction. But. <laughs> That's right. Uh. So when, how was it like switching from S- Cleveland Public Schools to now getting into like Parma schooling system? How different was it? It was wild. I'm because, sure. Okay, when I, I'm 40. So when I was in elementary school. You said was, that almost as if you were talking down to me. See, now see, I am I'm 40. For, I'm a 40 year old person. <laughs> no, I'm old. So when I was in elementary school, like. Kindergarten, first, second. When did it start? Okay, so kindergarten, first, second, third is when I was at Denison Elementary. And then fourth and fifth and sixth, they do this thing. They did this thing in their late 80s, early. Go on. (laughs) Late 80s, early 90s called anti-segregation, where they would send 
You seem it's a bit late, right? It would send west side students to the east side and east side students to the west side. Um, and so I would go to, I went to. Um, that sounds so bizarre. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you just make it purposely inconvenient for parents? Because they were trying to enforce an integrated racial, cultural um, schooling Who's system. running this government? Some fucking no-shoe-wearing hippies? No, it's, I'm just kidding. Well, no, I mean, like, but it was a wild idea. Because, like, I mean, it was like a at least a 40-minute <laughs> bus ride every morning to and fro. Yeah. Um. Breaking down the barriers of redlining. It's never been done before. It's crazy because, like, yeah, they were trying to, like. Undo a problem they undo created. Undo a problem. But then I was also, there's a picture of me in, like, second, or it would be fourth grade, where I'm the only white girl in the class. And you have to understand, that means there's a class where there's a little black boy or a little black girl who's the only black person in their class. <laughs> They pulled, they bamboozled that person. Like, that didn't do it. That You kind of messed that up. Like, yeah, well that's, well, that's just society in general. We overcompensate. Yeah. When, when we do something, it's always an overcompensation for something horrible that we did. And it's like, no, you could you can accomplish the things you want to accomplish without having to overshoot. Like, we get it. You're you re- admitting you have a problem is the first step. Sure. But... Yes, there are pockets of communities, and we should probably integrate them, but, like... We shouldn't jump to step 12 because we admitted step one. Yeah. And actually, like, truth be told, like, I loved going to um, Riverside... Or not Riverside. um, uh, Paul Revere was the name of my school that I went to, and then Nathan Hale. I loved those schools. It was so fucking cool. Like, I was able as a little nerdy ass white girl who was poor and like had rotten teeth and like a huge bow in my hair <laughs> experienced like really cool culture. And like, it's it was, a, it's, a le- it's those were life lessons and look at you now. You're not and, that much different. And look at me now. I'm still a hillbilly that wears a big giant bow in my hair. And you know, a, it's funny to me that like being around all that amount of culture, like you didn't really pick up how to dance. <laughs> It's well, kind of odd. Well. Bit weird. But anyways, anywho, onwards and upwards. So second oldest. Youngest. Second youngest. You're right. I'm wrong. And why wouldn't you be? Uh, That's true. Huh? Being, this, being the second youngest, like, uh, how was it like interacting with like, how much older were your siblings? My oldest sibling, 10 years Right? Yeah. Ten years, like seven years, four years, me, and then my little sister who is three or four years younger than me. Wow, those are pretty big gaps at that age. You know I mean, like when you're younger, it's it, like it's wild. My mom started having kids young. Um, and she was married like ninety four times. So we all have different dads. Okay. Well, not that's not true. Me and my younger sister have the same dad. My brother, her, the older sister than him has the same dad. And then the oldest has a different dad. Got it. And then she married again after all of that. So 
And all meanwhile, like so usually when those. But types my dad, my dad, who was me and my little sister's father, um, raised everybody, and they were together oh, for wow. you know they were together for I want to say eighteen years. They got a divorce like my senior year of high school. <laughs> Some old habits die hard, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she got married again, and. Uh, it threatens divorce every other day with that poor guy. Oh, poor Love son you, of a pal. bitch. So did you know any of your mother's ex-husbands or no, like no. or your siblings' fathers? Were they so they weren't in the picture at all? Mm-mm. I think I remember my older brother and sister going to visit their dad one time. And I was little. Like I'm surprised I even have that memory. Hmm. But yeah, no, they he, they were never involved. Just Hal for the longest time. Eric was my dad's name. Oh, Eric, I'm sorry. Hal is my stepdad. That's My Kurt. mom married him like two years, three years after my parents got a divorce. So he raised all of you guys to a point where now... <laughs> uh, you, so you're, you're now out of high school and your sister is still in high school. That's crazy. Like, And then after 18 years, it's like... What an annoying time, you know, as a kid to, like, have to deal with that. Well, did that put a strain on any of your relationships with your parents? Oh, my, my entire family broke up. So it rocked everybody's world. It was wild, yeah. People but are picking sides. Not necessarily picking sides. I'm not kidding you when I say this. Like, we all broke up. My mom moved down south where she's from to Mississippi and lived with family for a while. Um... I moved out at just turned eight, 19, 18, 19. That's when I moved to Lakewood. My little sister had to stay with my dad because, well, what are you going to throw her away? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> but, like yeah. A, like, a, like a minnow you caught yeah. in Lake Erie. Come on, get. No, I loved, I loved my little sister. But uh, my brother got an apartment with some buddies and then... The older ones already had families and kids and all that, and they went their ways, my sister, you know. But, like, it was wild. Like, within a two-year span, like, everyone was, like. Spread out, huh? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, where do I want to go with this next? So, growing up in public schooling and then having to switch schools, like, what was the, what was the difference between the two cultures? Like. It was more of the curriculum. It was the difference? Yeah. I mean, as we all know, Cleveland Public School is notorious for not having a good curriculum and, like, not being funded appropriately, and that was the case then, too. And when I started going, even though Parma's not far off, it's still a little better than Cleveland. And I'm pretty sure that's why my parents moved there because they wanted something better than Cleveland Public School. Sure. So Parma's the cheapest option just up from Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. So we moved to Parma for, you know, the cheapest, better option. And the curriculum was different. It was a little harder. The teachers cared a little more. There was a little bit more money in the school. So, like, it was... Was there less students or no? Um, No, it was about the same. It was about the same. But, like, you just... There was... It was an obvious difference in care. There was, like, a, you know... the It was just different because the teachers were paid appropriately. Well... That's probably right. not true, but paid better. 
the funding was better for extracurriculars and blah, 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 blah. So it was different in that aspect. Um, and I did need a lot of catch up. Like I definitely needed to be tutored. I did a lot of summer school, um, that kind of thing. But I thankfully was able to fit right into, um, you know, the cracker ass hillbilly Parma lifestyle. Perfectly blended fine. in nicely. Blended in nicely. Um, yeah. Was, was there any like, cause I know that sometimes with some, certain people like uh, to be held back for summer school, did that like, was did that hinder you socially in any way? Like only with pride. Otherwise, like, you know, I kind of hit it. Now that I think about it, like you I never told anybody you had never to really go. told anybody that I had to do that kind of thing. So I like so it was definitely a pride thing. I didn't want people to know that I had to do that, so I kind of kept it to myself. Pride or a certain amount of shame. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, isn't that the same thing? Six six of one thing, half dozen of another, yeah. I guess. Um Yeah. So you moved to Lakewood and what like what made you decide on Lakewood of all places? I was dating a boy that lived in Lakewood and um it was just I had been hanging out in Lakewood um, for a couple of years because one of my dearest friends went to um, try see her 11th and 12th grade year. She did post-secondary. And she met a lot of people that were, like, a little above us in age, and they lived in Lakewood. So, like, we would always, like, on the weekends come hang out in Lakewood with, like, who's friends your, here. Who's your friend? Genevieve Cosner. I don't know why I thought I would know that. You're a little older than I am. And she went to try C right before I so I went to I did post secondary too mm-hmm. I I sophomore year of high school was when I started doing post secondary mm-hmm. and that was like an insane culture shock like yeah to go from like doing schoolwork three days out of the week at, like in a room by myself to now a classroom which I don't get to dictate when I get to do my schoolwork or whatever. Like I'm on somebody else's schedule was wild. It was insane for me. Yeah. Did you do well? No, at first I didn't. I eventually got it together, like after my first semester, but I I squeezed by with like a passing grade my first semester. And then I, after that, I was like, okay, I kind of get what's going on here. Yeah. And got into the rhythm of it, but it did take me a semester. Mm-hmm. Like, I just barely like I forget what it was. It was like, I think a history, like <laughs> I think the teacher just took, like she just felt bad for me and just like, Oh, I'll give you a B <laughs> something like that. Okay. Like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> it got me over like into the next semester. So, sure. cause if, yeah, if you fail one year, you're done. Yeah. You're just done in the program. And I think you owe money. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I was told. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I don't that know. was the motivating factor is I didn't want to owe money. <laughs> right. I didn't want to have to like pay that school. <laughs> but you yeah, know? that's how I, uh, that's how I started having friends in Lakewood instead of Parma. Did, did, uh, were your parents like towards the end of your, their relationship? Were they like, there's a lot of fighting going on or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot. And it, that was actually kind of the kind of the um, aesthetic my whole life. They were always at ends with each other. My mom has always been very short-fused, and my dad always wanted to please her. 
and um, it would, yeah, it was wild. It was pretty aggressive, pretty abusive, pretty, hmm. um, pretty ugly, pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I was gonna say, did now the, that probably uh, hindered a lot of friendships of like bringing them over, mm-hmm. like telling and talking. Yeah, about no, them. that the friendships that I had. Thankfully, somehow we're with very empathetic, kind people that were great and or with people that also had an abusive family. Hmm. So I kind of like accidentally found the correct people to love when I was that age, which is interesting because like how was I able to find that when I didn't even like know how to put a tampon incorrectly? <laughs> You know? I still don't to make you feel any better. Cool. <laughs> cool. I still don't know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say your friend group was like? Uh, it's my favorite question. Okay. So to ask is- people in high, like, like, what was your high school friend group like? Were okay. they the artsy kids, the jocks, the blah, blah, blah? Yeah, I can genuinely say that I was friends with everyone. And I- Coward. N- Let me explain. All right. I had, I personally was kind of like a plain Jane, weird goofball. Um, And uh, my first best friend was this girl who lived behind me. And then I started kind of like venturing out with other friends once I got a little bit more confident. And then I started being friends with this girl, Genevieve, who I spoke of. And we were kind of friends with other people. And we were like the weird kind of like, you know, um, it was like, you know, the 90s. So it was like grunge, I suppose. Alternative. Alternative folk, you know. I had like streaks on my front. Um, And then I became friends with this other girl. Her name's Val who ended up being like a very popular cheerleader, but we were still friends. I was also, I should say, I was a dancer. Um, not an exotic dancer. Like I was like, I was in like dance. I would do like jazz and ballet and stuff. Um, and they also did that. That's kind of how I became friends with them. Oh, okay. So you guys kind of met outside of school. We were in classes together and then we also had that. So we were like, oh, let's just be friends. You know, like we have this that's in common and we go to school together. Let's be friends. And none of us were really alike, but like we just became friends. And the other girl, Sharon, who lived behind me, that was like a friend of convenience because she lived behind me. Right. So like those four people, I always say like, are like the, like the beginning of like the, like the path that you chose yes. for the rest of your the life? Pa- well, the path that led me to other friends in high school and why I can say that I was genuinely friends with everyone. So let me give you an example. Like I was friends with like really great best friends with like the goofiest, weirdest, class clowniest kid in school. I was voted class clown, never to grow up, blah, 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 blah. You know, basically like complete goofball. My best friend was a cheerleader. My other best friend was a Jehovah's Witness. My other best friend, um, you know, was a fucking like, just like straight, like boss ass, bitch, confident lady who just like was kind of mean. And then I ended up junior year being in a relationship with like the captain of the football team. Which I think was my cousin. 
No. He was friends with her cousin. He was also one of the captains. Oh. Um, yeah. Right. So, and, but I, like, my extracurriculars in school was I'd go to dance and or I was a choir nerd. Like, and I, like, had, like, several friends that were, like, hella fucking goth. Um, all right. All right. I you got a good case here. Because I, I was. I'm not kidding you when I say that. I didn't belong to, like, a social group. I was, like, a very, very, very friendly person that genuinely was friends with a lot of people. Like. Now, which of those people you say, like, post high school? One person, Genevieve, is the only person. I the only to. person that kind of like stuck around, it's, or yeah. you didn't drift apart from. Yeah, I still talk to Genevieve. Um, I'm friends with other people like on the internet, but like that doesn't count. No, I'm, like the only yeah. person that I genuinely talk to on a regular basis, and by regular basis I mean like a year, every six months, whatever. Because she doesn't so live, in, she doesn't live in Ohio anymore. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, just one person. A lot of the people that I am friends with now and that I consider like my real friends and people that have like structured my person are people I met after high school. Hmm. How how do you say like the doing like dance, how that influenced how you socially interact with people? Do you feel like it helped you branch out and have the confidence to meet new people or do you feel like you was another thing where it's like oh like I do this thing but I'm like it it's a it's a part of me that makes me shy and I guess in a sense it was kind of something that I just did because my whole family on my dad's side were like um actors dancers musicians my aunt is like a bombshell bitch. And she was like Miss Greater Cleveland and stuff. So like oh, wow. my dad was a dancer. My dad was an actor. So like I, my dad was the reason why I was a dancer. He wanted me to do it, which is interesting because you assume it's the mom that does it, but sure. not, yeah, not in my family. My dad wanted me to do it. And I kind of did it to like appease him because he wanted me to do it so bad. And I had cousins that were in it and I was like, well, whatever, I guess everyone else is doing it. So I'll do it. And I ended up just kind of doing it for a while and it was fine. It was fun and I liked it, but I didn't love it. I literally stopped dancing my senior year of high school because I wanted to skateboard instead. Hell yeah. Speaking my language now. You know. Uh, did your dad ever get involved with the um, the little theater that was nearby? Like over by the library? No, not in his... Look at the name of that theater now. The Parma... John... I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Um, no, my, he was in his younger years, he was very much in the like acting community. So you have like a lot of creative types on your dad's side of the mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. cool. Uh, there was, oh, so who do you think like in your life was like your biggest influence of like, or you're like, or I, I like to tell people like, uh, your taste maker, like who's somebody like, oh, like they're into this thing. I learned it from them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it definitely started with my dad. Um, he forced me to sit down and watch Star Wars with him, all of them. The first, like the, no, not, not the first three then. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? But, um, and the, when it first started, I hated it. And by the end of the third, I was like, Ugh. 
like a fucking Star Wars nerd for the rest of my life, and I still am. So that kind of like opened up that world for me, kind of like nerdy sci-fi, fantastical things like that. And also my dad's um, favorite bands were like Genesis and stuff, and he was always listening to like just some weird shit. You know, Peter Gabriel. Peter or- Gabriel. Um, was he King, a Zappa? Pink Floyd. Sure, of course. Yeah. Captain Beefheart? <laughs> I don't know what Captain Beefheart is. All right, so, all no. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, he kind of introduced me to like weird music, right? So, mm-hmm. um, the avant garde shit. Sure. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, I was able to like recognize like, cool music style from annoying music style and you kind of venture towards those type of people. So, okay. This is actually kind of relevant. Um, Genevieve, when she met her friends at Tri-C that we kind of started hanging out with all the time and became very dear friends of ours and still to this day, I would consider um, at least one of them a very dear friend. Um, she started hanging out with this dude named uh, Nate Lynch, and he was several, two to three years older than us, but one of his best friends who lived a few houses down from him, his name was Jimmy motherfucking Thane. And Wow, small world. Yeah, and that's how I knew Jay, Jimmy motherfucking Thane. <laughs> and they kind of like introduced me to a lot of music and a lot of things like there were, I have like memories that still make me cringe where I'm like listening to music in the car and Jimmy's like, why do you like this? That's so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, cause it's cool. And it was like, I don't even, I can't even give you an example of what I was possibly listening to. But I can't believe he'd be so bold. Why do you, well, no, it wasn't bold. I think it was like a valid, that's a valid, smart question to ask someone. This seems very bold for Jimmy Fane. Why do you like this? Yeah, I guess you're right. I think Jimmy Fane's a very bold person. He is, but not in confrontation. Yeah, I guess. Also, same night when he asked me that question, we were driving through the Metro Parks, and we saw a car on fire. Weird. Full on, on fucking fire. Maybe your music was to blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, so, yeah, I started Goodbye, like, cruel yeah, world. Yeah. Also, my other friend... Um, that I had been friends with since our Washington trip in junior high where we met. His name was Frank. Is Frank. He's not dead. He introduced me to, like, shitty pop punk when we were in high school. And, like, that kind of, like, went off in its own little spiral of music taste and friendship taste. And you know how it is. Like, a lot of things. That's the way that shit happens. That's the way sure. it evolves, you know. But, yeah, I would say my dad kind of started the whole like left of center lifestyle there you if go you will, you know? the alternative lifestyle the counterculture as one says yeah not me but like i've heard i've heard it said before i think you have i've never heard i, that have, I don't know who knows making up, uh, up other sayings yeah uh so like i think that like because you got into like punk rock do you think that you met people through like going to shows and yes, stuff like that absolutely or is it like, oh, I met this person because I worked with them or etc. Both, 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 both. I, I, I've met and made a lot of wonderful friends working in restaurants. And I always tell people that like 
Some people went to college and other people worked at Johnny Mango and Melt. <laughs> that is very funny. And somehow I did both. Right. That's crazy. It, it, like, I learned so much in those young years of the of of my twenties working in the restaurant industry in these very these two very specific restaurants where like all of these people kind of like just always had this atmosphere of each other around them all the time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of grew up and still continued. And if it didn't, they just became your old college pal that you knew in yeah, college. Yeah, it is. But you didn't go to college. You yeah. worked at Mel or you worked at wherever. I mean, you know? some of us were in college, but like we didn't go to college together. Like, Sure, right. Uh, yeah, no, that's you a very good mean? point. I didn't, I never thought of it like that, but yes, that is very, very close to like what we experienced with, especially with like Melt. Like a lot mm-hmm. of those people I still talk to today. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they're like, it does almost seem like, oh, this is my, this is the closest thing I'm going to have to like old college. An old buddies. college. Exactly. It's that, that's the only way I can describe that part of our lives and that like, it was, it's wild to think that a restaurant was able to kind of give us all that, but it mm-hmm. fucking did, man. My best friends that I have now to this day are people that I've met from Melt mm-hmm. or people that I've met from Johnny Mango, but it's the same thing because we all know that. There's that's a lot where of crossover. It yeah. yeah. It um, really is where it started. That's when I started. met Fish. Yeah. I met Fish there and he told me about this. Grilled cheese restaurant he wanted to open up. This and I quaint was like, little small place. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb idea. That, I seriously thought that. I was like, this guy's got the dumbest idea. Mm. I think funny? I might have even said that to him oh, or something like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, like, that's a pipe dream, pal. Like, who's going to go to a restaurant just for a grilled cheese sandwich? Literally everyone. Yeah. And it. I had to eat my words on that one. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what's well. funny? Like him telling us that we were um, peers at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Friends. Now look at us. He's a fucking millionaire. Yeah. He's happy. Fucking asshole. Seems to be good. <laughs> you know. I just got a text message. Arlo wants a cheeseburger. He rubbed his stomach and said, I'm so hungry. <laughs> so I guess I... That leads us into... um, Before we lead into anything, I'm so sorry that I have to do this, but I need to pee. Go ahead. Okay. You don't have to be sorry. uh, Okay. Obviously, like, you can edit all of this. Yeah. Do you want me to just pee on, on, like, an SMR kind of thing? No, please. Uh, all right, we're back, and we're back at it. So where did we leave off? I don't even remember. Oh. College, Melt College. So, yeah. So melt you. Then we all kind of, like, go our, like, separate ways because mm-hmm. of, you know, life and circumstances, and then, uh, yeah, and then now you are a mother mm. of one. So, like... How do you feel like, I guess, so there's like a crazy story that led up to you um, before you became a mother. There's like, you lived in like a rural area for a little while with a long-term relationship, and then you found out 
uh, so like, so take us, I guess, to, through some of that. What was that relationship like? And then, okay, so I was, yeah. Because you also seemed to be like, I don't know, in my opinion, it seemed like you kind of had, uh, you, you seem to have your freedom, I guess, in a sense, like when we worked together at Melt, but then it seemed like when you moved out there, it was like a little bit more, I guess, um, you know, maybe we just, maybe I just, we just got older and just weren't as crazy as before. And because I never really grew up, I was like, oh, this like, they're just not, I, in my mind, maybe it was like a, that whole situation was a little bit more of a controlled type atmosphere. Mm. Is that wrong or am I like? No, you're not wrong at all. Um, yeah, I was in a, a relationship for 11 plus years with someone. Um, and yeah, the, it got to a point where I, I don't want to say that I was necessarily like by the book controlled, but I was certainly manipulated and um, held under one's thumb, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we shared a car because, I mean, I was working part-time as a server, so I could never afford my own car, and that which is controlling in itself when you live out in the cut and all mm-hmm. your friends are 40 minutes uh, east. I got to be honest with you. I didn't or know west. You, I, I didn't even know you drove. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you drive? I, no, you? I didn't for a while when I worked at Mount. I commuted via bicycle for years and years. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't even think you had a license or anything. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason in my head, like you just never cared to be a person with a vehicle, so you just I was a driver. I got my license as a teen, lost my license due to like an expired ticket or something, like something dumb, and just kind of never cared, never got it back for a while. <laughs> and then like got it back some other time in my late 20s or something. That's funny. You know? Just before I moved to Chicago, I got my license back. Yeah, so what made what prompted you guys to move to Chicago? Because um, he... In the long-term Yeah, he cheated on me. <laughs> and to make it better, he was like, hey, um, move with me to Chicago. And was I was like... Springsteen? I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, but he, like, convinced me to, like, stay with him. And then um, I went to Chicago with him. And we lived there for a little bit while he opened up a bike shop with one of his dearest friends. Who, by the way, his wife now is my fucking best friend. Her name is motherfucking Ariel. And I love her so much. Um, I won them in the quote-unquote divorce for sure. Hell yeah. Um, So I'm glad that I moved to Chicago because I met her and became closer with Logan um, but yeah, we lived in Chicago for a little bit and, uh, he's not a good business owner or good at making any kind of like rational decisions. So obviously it didn't work out for him. So we had to move back. Um, and we moved to straight to Aurora. What made you guys move to Aurora of he, all places? He, his aunt sadly passed away to cancer and he was bequeathed the house. Got it. Um, and we weren't going to move into it. It was kind of like a, well, this isn't working out for me. I don't love doing this. It's sturdy enough where I can leave. Let's just move into this house. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. At least I'm in Ohio. Right. Mm-hmm. Closer to things that are more familiar. Sure. Well, so 
when you were moved when you moved out to Chicago, was it also kind of like you said you loved living there, but like and you had the those two other people, but like was it isolating living there? Yeah, it was. It what sucked. made it so isolating? Um the relationship. I was alone or? all the time. He was working nonstop. So I moved I not only moved to Chicago with this guy that like basically like convinced me to continue to be with him. But Mm. like once we got there, like I was never around him. Like I was alone all the time. Um, Thankfully I had Ariel who like we had some, we, I, some of my best memories in life will always be memories of her and I in Chicago. Um, uh, But yeah, no, it was wild. It, I was 100% on board with moving back to Ohio when when he pulled that plug and um i was i i finally got like a sturdy job that i was proud of like in december after we moved there we moved there in september and i finally got a job in december um and it was at a restaurant it was like a fine dining kind of like um wine bar or oyster bar and i loved that i made friends there um it was cool but like it was just enough to kind of like get me by, so I had some kind of purpose. Yeah. Chicago is a really cool city, and I would live there again if ever I had a chance or was capable of doing it. But in the way that I did it at that time was not appropriate. I should not have done that. Yeah, we all have our journey, you know. I mean, like we all have our stories and there's no sense in living in like any kind of uh regret like it it helps shape the person you are today and And i got a best friend out of it like yeah like she her and logan are now married um and they have two kids and like i text her daily like she's one of my like dearest important people that's great And then you guys moved. So at least I got that out of it. You guys moved back into Ohio, which it didn't, it seemed like you hung out mostly with the people who lived in Aurora during that time. Yeah, I mean, if if at all. I had. Because I would run into you occasionally. I don't really catch up, but like, it just seemed like you just stuck to like the I, Aurora area. You know, you know, I, unfortunately, as pathetic as this sounds, I didn't really hang out with anyone at that time in my life. I did make a couple of friends at the restaurant I was working at, and it was kind of like a here and there after work situation, but I never really had any super tight friends until this girl started working at 18, 15, who was like much younger than me. Um, And I kind of like had this like sister role with her and she would always come over and we hang out and like it was really fun and she became kind of an important person in my life, and she was, I would say she was probably my first, like, actual friend since I had lived, like, in, well, obviously other than Ariel, since I'd, like, lived with, in Lakewood. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than, like, that, like, I didn't do anything other than, like, take care of my chickens, and I was, I had, like, a really cool, like, garden, and I, you know, would make art, and I would read, and I would... We, I had a parrot and all, a lot of pets that I took care of, and I just kept myself busy um, doing that. Um, oftentimes um, by myself as well, because, you know. He was off gallivanting. 
Yeah, he's just, you know, yeah, yeah. He had his hobbies and his jobs and his things that he liked to do. And I didn't necessarily want to do them. And he didn't necessarily want to do what I wanted to do. So we just fucking, you know, did that. Yeah, and not to say that, like. That's not bad. No. It's not bad. And I, like, in retrospect, like, I, like, if I could find a relationship in a healthy way in that, I, it would be great, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it's possible to find that. And, like, you know, some people have – it just seemed like the from him it wasn't like he was distancing himself for ulterior motives as opposed to, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be the one who makes the big reveal because we, we weren't talking on the podcast when we were talking about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. So you found out he was seeing somebody else – while seeing you, and it was the, like, friend or whatever? So I actually didn't find out until a year after the fact. Wow. I, until a year after we had broken up that he was actually kind of, like, you know, hanging out slash <whistles> with my good friend that I had met at the restaurant I worked at, the young girl that I kind of, like, looked at as a little sister. Yeah, that's crazy. And they're still together. Um and whatever, you know, shit happens, but that fucking sucked. We were together for 11 years and like It's a long time to the devote wild to thing person. about it is like she and I, she helped me move out of that house when I moved out. Did you know <laughs> nope. she was the Oh, nope. got it. She helped me move out of that house and into my new apartment in Lakewood and would come over and help hang out. She was friends with me and Aries who was Arlo's dad. Wow. Like like she was, yeah, she was around for like a whole year and a half of like a life change for me and was like a support system for me. She was like, she was like, she became good friends with my niece who's like similar in age with her. Well, my niece is older than her, but like it was wild. Like, and then I find out like, I th- was I pregnant or did I already have Arlo? Well, anyway, I was at like a visiting a friend that is in Aurora. She had like a little like picnic and I went over and I was like, so yeah, Anna like ghosted me like a year ago and I like haven't heard from her at all. Like send her text messages all the time. And she just like doesn't talk to me and everyone was like, got real quiet. And I was like, what? I, and I was, I was like, is she, is she with Bob? I like knew I was like, God damn it. But I, I mean, I, when I was done with that relationship, I was fucking done with that relationship. Sure. So like, I wasn't sad or anything about that, but it's just like, who, who does that fucking happen to? <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like a... Remember when is, I ran into you, like, uh, I think you just moved back from... When I worked at Lux. Yeah. And you didn't seem like you were pretty broken up about it at all. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, it's... It is what it is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, when I was done, I was motherfucking done. Which is great. It was a easy way to break up, but it was an 11-year, you know... At that point, Thing. you'd spend, <laughs> what, what, one-third of your life with a person. Sure. That's a long time to spend with a time. person. Yeah. So uh, we can – I'm going to fast-forward to some stuff, but we are now – you have a child, and now your child is, like, a great dude. Uh, so I guess uh, when now, like, when you interact with him, like, what are some of the things you try to impart with him, like, or how to, like – like how like how do you guys 
find yourself socially interacting, not only with one another, but like how you guys socially interact with others. Is he around like a lot of adults at this point? Or? Yeah, he's around a lot of adults and he does go to daycare Monday through Friday um, while I work daytime. Um, so he has kind of like at an early age, like a very scheduled school curriculum. Um, so he's got a pretty structured life because of that, which is neat. Um, but when he's with me, yeah, he hangs out with a lot of me and my like friends that are obviously my age and all of my friends that have children are older than him. So he hangs out with a lot of older kids, which is why he's so fucking brave and thinks Mm. that he can do things that he's not ready to do. Um, well, I, I, no doubtably he gets that a lot of that from you. Sure. You always did like some, sometimes you do some crazy shit. Mm. Like one time is a good memory. Here's a good memory. One time you had stolen an ice sculpture from a competing restaurant or a restaurant in the neighborhood that we did not work at, and you smashed it in the back of our parking lot mm-hmm. where we worked at, <laughs> which was hilarious. Fuck and the man. Fun. Yeah, it was like, fuck this ice sculpture. Oh, you worked 12 hours on this? <laughs> Pee on it. Did they... uh? I think they complained about that, didn't they? They found out we... I mean, nothing more than a phone call that, like, Kit Kat took care of. Right. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, bye. Like, it was, like, not ever, like, an issue. Oh, weird. That sucks. Oh, did it happen? Also, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Kit Kat straight peed on it or something like that. Like, I have a picture of him, like, with his, like, skin-tight jeans and, like, the outline of his literal penis right next to it. I have the video on my phone, I think. Yeah. Or whatever. Maybe it was George that peed on it. I don't know. So, I think someone peed. peed on it. I do remember somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Goodness. So yeah, he gets that tenacity probably from you. Like, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I um, approach him and our relationship with each other and our relationship with other people mainly out of um, kindness. I know that that seems cliche, but like, I growing up was kind of brought up the opposite way and I have nothing but resentment towards it. Mm. So I'm, I could never imagine myself like ever approaching any problem or any social interaction with anything other than just like acceptance and kindness, kindness. So like I do that over the top. That's good. I mean, that's a good way to approach most social interactions. Mm. Like, you know, this, the world that we live in isn't necessarily, like, as black and white as, like, we try to make everything seem. So, you know, sometimes people's circumstances are just different than ours. And so, therefore, like, you know, if you can approach them with uh, kindness and empathy, you're more than likely to gain or build a bridge of friendship than you would without it. Mm. So that's I think it's a really good life lesson to teach young people on it, like, it's like I've said before, you know, I feel like Gen Z is definitely going to be, like, the generation that saves us from ourselves. Like, you know, like they're just definitely more, they're kinder, more empathetic people who are understanding of one another. Sure. And don't judge people for where they're at. The, the, you know, they understand that where they're at is a circumstance, not, like, a product. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. which we tend to, like, focus on that. I think my generation, I think, focuses on that too often. And I'm guilty of it, so. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another another thing that I think is really important that I want to instill in him is um, goofiness. 
I'm sorry, <laughs> but I feel like that's like a really important thing that people need to like be cool with. Like, yeah. it's okay to fucking have fun and be goofy and like make a fool of yourself. Just be earnest and like make a fool of yourself and like, um, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Just be a goofball and be kind. I, yeah, that's life's greatest <laughs> lesson you should be learning is that, uh, be a goofball and be kind. I love that. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a pretty good s- place to stop. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This yeah, is man. really kind of you to take time to do this. Cause I know with having a kid and everything, it's hard to get away. Um, I love, I'd, I'd love to have you back on, um, and share some more. We maybe make a Patreon episode out of it. Sure. Um, do, do you have anything to plug at all? Um, I would like to plug everyone to be kind and goofy. There you go. And then uh, for me, go to secretsocietycomedy.com. I'm currently running late for one of those shows right now. Whoops. Uh, to figure out where we're having shows next, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, Jeremy underscore Demery. It's G-H-E-R-A-M-Y underscore D-E-M-E-R-Y on Instagram. Uh, check out the Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash not weird, just homeschooled with your host, Jeremy Demery. Thank you for your time. Thank you to Tara for being here and this was fun. I, sharing I, yeah. your story. And I'm glad you had fun. All right. I don't know how to end this. After after so many episodes, have a, I still have, have a blessed have a blessed day, everyone. There you go. I'll let you end it.